Well, good morning. How are we doing today? So, uh, Jeff mentioned how nice the weather is, and it just makes us happy, and um, I personally think it's the most wonderful time of the year because it's March Madness. Um, but I'm really excited for us to journey together through uh, a series, really, that the Lord um, crafted in our hearts, and um, just what does it mean that we're not our own? So I'll just say, um, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I'm about to work really hard at, at telling you that you're not your own, and everything you have is not yours, and your life isn't yours. Um, thanks for being here today. <laughs> um, but uh, so it was a couple weeks ago, I was... I was at uh, Tony's Donuts, um, and I was working. I'm sitting there with my computer, and it was one of those moments where um, someone came up. You know, you ever had those moments? Someone comes up to you, and they just immediately begin to have a conversation with you, like regardless of what you're doing, whether you're busy or not. And so I'm sitting at this table, and there's uh, this kid who sits down, like, right in front of me and faces me, not at my table, but at the other table, and it was really close, and uh, he begins to just have this full-on conversation with me. And, uh, and in the moment, I'm kind of like, oh, goodness, like, should I move? Should I put? Would it be really rude if I put my headphones in? Um, and, uh, but I'm just like, okay, be, be patient with him. Well, so he was applying for a job at Tony's. And he was filling out an application. And so he began to ask me all these questions. Like, uh, city, like, Hazelwood, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Hazelwood. Yeah. He's like, that's what I thought, that's what I thought. Um, and, uh, and so he begins to like, ask me all these questions about this application. And uh, I think my favorite one was he's like, social security number? And I'm like, I'm like yeah, it's, uh, you have one. He's like, do you, do you know mine? <laughs> and I'm like, um, but actually your parents would? Um, it's a number that's assigned to you. It's unique to every human being or every individual in the U.S. Like, I, I don't know it. Sorry. Um, and, uh, and so he began, he continues to ask me these questions. And, and my, another part, like, he's going down the application. He's like, what does, and he didn't say, hey, I got some questions. I know you're busy. I got some, could you help me? He just like, it was just asking and talking. And like, I'm like, okay, whatever, like. Lord, you're humorous. And, uh, and so he, he's like, there's a spot on the application that says, like, special training, um, certificates or licenses. And, and he's like, what is that? And I was like, oh, that's if you've had any, like, special classes or training. And he's like, like, karate? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, it kind of pertains to the job. Um, and then um, the best one was where he, it said, uh, it said, uh, like like personality, uh, and I was like, yeah, that's just where you describe yourself, like what you're good at and what you're like. And he's like, I'm a, I'm intellectual, very intellectual. <laughs> so at that point, I just kind of like, okay, okay. And then, um, and then he, he said, um, hey, how, how do you spell intellectual? And then, and then he's like, he's like, I know that's a terrible question, um, but, but it'd be really bad if I spelled it wrong to say I, I was intellectual and I didn't spell it right. Um, and so like this like continued for probably 20 minutes. And, uh, and he had ridden his bike there and, and, and somehow he changed the conversation. He's like, yeah, I rode my bike. And he's like, do you know anything about bikes? 
And I was like, I'm, I mean, I own one, like uh, maybe. And uh, <laughs> and he says, uh, he's like, well, my chain keeps falling off, and he's like, I, you know, like I had to almost walk like halfway here, and 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 I was like, well, I mean, if you want, I could maybe look at it. And he's like, well, I know you're busy, and, and I'm thinking like, yeah, you're right. Thank you for acknowledging that. Like, um, and so like it's it's wrapping up. He's getting ready to go, and. Um, so I was like, hey, what was your name? He told me his name and uh, puts on his, like, biker gloves, and they're all full of grease, and he reaches out his hand to shake my hand. And, and, uh, and in that moment, I'm like, don't mention the bike. Don't mention, like, I don't, I don't want to go look at the bike. I don't want to go look at the bike. And I, the Holy Spirit prompted me, and he's like, Dave, it's not about you. Ask him about the bike. And I'm like, I don't want to go look at his bike. I'm working. And so I just said, hey, like, you want me to look at your bike? And he's like, oh, I, I know you're busy. I'm like, it's, it's okay. So I went out there and looked at his bike and mentioned a couple things. And, and I shook his hand and he, and he left. And it was just like this long, drawn out, like, Lord, are you kidding me? Um, and, uh, and, and it was crazy because even in those moments, God was shaping my mind and shaping my heart for the very thing that we're doing here in these next several weeks, in these next several Sundays, to think about what does it mean that I'm not my own? And the interruptions in my life and the things that happen in my life are not just me being like, I should have picked a different table, or I should have kept my headphones in, or I should have like, but no, like even that moment was God reminding me, listen, here's a kid that you can just love and you can just serve and you can just, if he gets a job there, I might have to find a new place to study. Um, <laughs> no, but... Um, and this is really the heartbeat of what we're going to do over the next eight weeks as we consider uh, salvation this morning, privilege, uh, what it means for our freedom, what it means for our time and our possessions, what it means for our words, what it means for our money, what does it mean for sex. And we're going to go there towards the end, so it's not today, so take a deep breath. Um, I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6, and I want to lay the groundwork for this idea of you are not your own, you were bought with a price. Um, The context of 1 Corinthians 6 is the Apostle Paul is combating a very sexualized culture in in Corinth, and um, he basically comes to this place of articulating how they need to act, who they need to be as God's people. And here's what he says. I'm just going to dive in right in here at verse 19, <clears throat> where Paul says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with, or glorify God in your body. Okay, like, does anybody have any, have any struggle with that? Because I'm like, for someone to look me in the eye and be like, you're not your own, just like I did to you, like, I don't like that. Like, there, there's something in me that bows up. There's something in me that wants to, like, push back and fight back and say, you know what, no. Like, this is my life. Like, don't you dare tell me how I can live my life. Or this is my house, right? Like, so if I want it to be dirty, it can be dirty. 
You can't tell me what to do. It's my house. If I want it to be clean, like, it'll be spotless, and we'll clean every evening, and like, it'll be what I want it to be, as big as I want it to be, located where I want it to be, or my money. I worked hard for this. I'll spend it how I want to spend it. Spend it on me because, after all, I worked hard for this. My health is mine. Like, I don't get sick, right? Because I work out and I, like, eat good and it's my health. And my kids, I control what happens to them. I protect them and see that, like, no harm comes to them, that they go to the school that's going to be best for them, that they have the friends that are going to be best for them because they're my kids. My talents, I worked hard to develop who I am and be who I am, to get the education, to get the grades in school that I'm getting, like I'm working hard. These are mine. Don't you dare tell me that they're not. So I can then leverage them for my advancement and my purposes. You guys have dreams? What if God this morning said, you know what, that dream you have? going to wait because of what I'm going to call you to do. No. No. Like, we don't like that. We don't like that. Oh, don't you dare tell me that I'm not my own. Anybody with me here? Okay, I'm glad because I was like, uh, need need somebody here with me because I'm here. I'm here. But there's a word that I want us to think about together. It's in that verse. It says, you are not your own, for you were bought. Bought. You ever bought anything? (laughs) No. No, that's a problem. This guy's about to get married. He's never bought anything. That's uh... (laughs) a... So the word bought is actually um, a simple marketplace word that just literally means... On some levels, what you think it would mean to purchase. But there's also a deeper level that I want to show you. It's, it's this terminology um, in the Greco-Roman world known as sacral manumission. Um, put this up here and we can look at it together. Really, it's a slave-freeing ceremony. So it's describing the ceremony where a slave becomes free. Okay? <laughs> <coughs> So in the case of the polytheistic Greco-Roman, the slave owner takes the slave being freed to the temple of his God and sells the slave to the God. So it's as if a God's purchasing a slave. We have modern-day slavery. We could depict and we could talk out different instances where an individual is sold and purchased for whatever awful cause. Okay? Then he's reimbursed for the slave from the pagan temple treasury. The ceremony takes place in the presence of witnesses and the manumission record, so the record of the, the, the slave being set free is often recorded in stone. I love this. We'll come back to this in a minute. Okay, typically on the temple wall or the pillar The slave himself or his friends or family have previously paid the specific amount into the temple treasury. Once the slave owner receives the money, the slave becomes the property of the God. Ownership has been transferred. 
He does not become the slave of the temple, but a protege of the God. In respect to his former owner, he is now a free man. So the opposite example of this would be the price of paying for prostitution. But even as, even as that, that description, it talks about this transfer. Ownership has been transferred. You know, there's a, that's biblical language. Colossians 1. It says this, he's delivered us from the dominion of darkness and he's transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He's tr- he transferred us from the authority and rule of sin, of the sinful nature, and he's transferred us into his kingdom. So that pre-Christ, the Bible says we're enslaved to sin. Our God is sin. And actually the Bible goes so far to say that our Father is who? The devil. The devil. But in Christ, okay, through the purchase of our beings because of the death of Christ we're now free ownership has been transferred and here's the crazy thing the record is etched in stone it's etched in stone purchased we belong to the heavenly father because he gave his very only son's life to purchase what was always rightfully his. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. We've been bought. That word bought is actually a verb tense that's single, sing, single decisive action in time past. Decisive. It's like this happened in the past and it's done. You were purchased. So when I bought my house, um, it was actually this really long, grueling process, which I don't know that any purchase of a house is ever not that. Anybody t- want to testify? <laughs> um, so we actually, um, when we went to buy the house that we're currently living in, um, we're looking, we uh, lost two homes to short sales, and they just kind of fell out from under us, and it was a pretty ugly mess. Um, and then the house that we're currently living in, um, it was... Uh, I was on the market for like 200 days. The previous owner, his wife died of cancer, and he moved to England. And so the house is just sitting where it's currently sitting, um, empty and, you know, gathering every single mouse in North County and um, just living it up as an empty house. And, um, and so when we go to buy, uh, they did all the inspections, and actually the inspectors are like, um, there's all these things that need to be fixed. And the owner's like, mm-mm. As is, so we're like, well, the bank's not going to loan on it because it's as is, and and these things got to be fixed. And so, like, if we're going to loan on this house, like, you got to fix these things. And so we're like, well, what do we do? So, um, they actually, I had to sign a waiver, releasing me to go into the home and repair a home that I didn't own. And we had to like do some electrical work, we had to like redo the siding, and we had to like do several different things before the bank would then say, okay, good to go. We'll now loan on it because it's in good condition or whatever. Um, 
And so it, like, it kind of began, it began to feel like ours, right? We're in there, we're like, this isn't ours, and it's like, don't do anything else. My wife wanted to start painting, and she wanted to like, let's take down the cab. I'm like, no, 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 it's not ours. And then came closing day, right? That exciting day, if you ever bought a house, like that exciting day where you get the keys and sign away your life, basically. Um, and it wasn't officially ours till we received the deed. It said owner Dave and Danielle Kuntz, right? Because we bought it. We bought it. Listen, if you're a believer in Christ this morning, you've been purchased by God and on your life, everything that you are on your life is the stamp purchased by the God of heaven through the very life of his Son. And it's this truth that Paul says, you're not your own. You've been bought. You're not your own. Um, Turn in your Bibles to Revelation 5. Another very common word that we could use um, on this thought is the word ransom. In Revelation 5, that word is used. Um, so there's celebration and worship happening in heaven. This is a depiction of the future, and they're worshiping Jesus in heaven. And check it out, verse 9, Revelation 5, 9. It says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are, <coughs> excuse me, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you've made them a kingdom and priests to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. Let me ask this question. What is is a ransom? Anybody? What's a ransom? Well, you have to pay to get something back. That was yours originally, right? Like that was it's rightfully yours. Okay? Um, probably none of us really have the scenario playing out in our lives, um, in our day-to-day lives. It's not a common everyday word for our context, probably, maybe some of you, I don't know. Um, but it, oftentimes it involves a hostage negotiation. Um, so I, I found this interesting. Um, the U.S. Treasury reports that kidnapping for ransom is the number two source of funding for terrorists. It's crazy. And prior to the execution of journalist James Foley, there were several European hostages that had been released by ISIS by the payment of ransom that reported two to three million dollars for each person. Isn't that crazy? And actually, according to the Treasury Department and the New York Times, there's been $165 million that have been funneled to terrorist organizations since 2008. I think that's like $24 million a year. And actually, um, I found out that Foley, actually, they had a ransom out for him. They wanted $132 million for him and the release of high-profile prisoners in U.S. custody. And they'd give him back. And we obviously know how that went down. 
It's interesting because in Mark 10.45, Jesus says, or the Bible says, for even the Son of Man came not to serve, but to be served and give his life as a ransom to purchase, purchase back what was rightfully his. Because here's the truth. Apart from Christ, we're under the bondage of sin. We're a hostage to sin and to Satan. And you know who the negotiator is? The Holy Spirit, who's waging war to purchase our hearts, who's pursuing us and trying to woo our hearts to his presence because of God the Father sending his son to purchase. That's the ransom. And here's the crazy thing. Even as believers, sin tries to take us hostage, doesn't it? It tries to get us. It tries to pull us in. And and through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the speaking of the gospel, through this time, through being in each other's lives, we wage war. And we speak the gospel to see that we're one, and our hearts are one back to Christ, that we stop believing doubts, stop believing lies, because we've been ransomed. We've been ransomed, but the, the verse goes on. I'm going to focus on verse 10 there. What verse 10 says, and you've made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So the truth is that you and I were not our own. Okay, so what does that make us? Like, why, why do we exist? What does verse 10 say? That you and I might have dominion on the earth, that we might live on the earth as priests. Okay, what does that mean? It means every single one of us in this room, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, is you're a minister of the gospel. It's not, I'll just give you some news, it's not just Rick and I. Right? I mean, there's, I mean, there's, a, there's been this church culture for many, many years that the minister is the minister. No, we're all ministers of the gospel. And we've been put on the earth because we've been purchased by God through Jesus Christ. We've been put on the earth to have dominion and to establish the kingdom of God everywhere, in every context, in every sphere, no matter where you work, no matter where you play, no matter where you shop, everywhere you are. Here's my question for us. Do you see your life in that way? It's hard, right? It's hard, because I, I don't know that I always do. And even as I stand up here and I, I say these words, I'm like, gosh, like, I'm not the example here. Seeing my life as, it's just not my own. Like, this is a struggle for all of us to understand, man, I've been purchased. What does that mean for my money? What does that mean for my time? What does that mean for my salvation? Because if we're honest, a lot of times we think, God saved me for me. Like, this is about me. Like, we're selfish. And when we see God and we see what he's done through Christ and we see the life of Christ, man, it challenges our selfishness. Because we've bought into this cultural view of Christianity. I think we've got to be really careful where we've bought into this cultural view of Christianity that it's just about us being comfortable. It's just about it being easy. It's just about us, like, you know, doing the bare minimum of, of faith. Do you know... That even the, even the life of Jesus flies in the face of that reality. Look at John 5. This will be up on the screen. John 5.30, it says this. It's this crazy. Jesus, in defense of his own life and ministry, he makes this surprising confession to his opposition. 
He says, I can do nothing on my own. Wait a second. Hold up. Stop. Like, this is God. Jesus, he was in the beginning, in the creating, creation account, in the beginning. This is, he spoke creation into being with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. So he's like, as I hear from the Father, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Like, this is God. He's like, the son of God. He's like, I'm not my own. It's crazy. And for us to think, I'm my own. When the very son of God said, I'm not my own. It's like, God, I submit my will to you. I don't, I don't understand. It's God. I, it's like the biggest paradox in life. The son of God. God, I don't understand. I don't want to die. I don't want to do this. But not my will. But yours be done because it's not about me. That's God in the flesh. And here's the crazy thing that I'm not going to fully unpack, but I want to challenge us with this morning is that when you're purchased, you actually become the slave of another. You're like, wait, 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 wait hold up, wait, wait a second. I thought we're free. I want to challenge you this morning with this. You're not free. You're not free to live the life you want and do whatever you want because you've been bought and being bought sets parameters on your life that it would mirror and be a model of the very life that Jesus lived on the earth to purchase us and actually to present to the heavenly father that we're perfect. And we, t- we talk about the, the death of Christ, right? We celebrate like the broken body, shed blood of Jesus, the death of Christ. But if we miss the life of Christ, then there's no substitution, right? Because like when we stand before God, it's like, God, why should, you know, why should you let me into heaven, you know, if God would say that to us? And, and it's like, well, the means by which we're perfected is that Jesus lived the perfect life that we were supposed to live and actually in his sacrifices, presenting that to the Father to declare you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, perfect. So when God looks at you, he sees the perfect life of his son. Not just his death, but his perfect life that he lived. So we're not free. The Bible says we're bond servants of Jesus Christ. We love to claim our freedom, free Christ. I wanna, we'll dive into that on Easter. But the truth of the matter is that we've been bought. So here's the question I have for you as we begin to transition our hearts to respond. is Where do you need to repent of seeing your life as your own? I'm going to just ask you right now just to ask the Spirit to show you that. Because the truth is that it's true for all of us. Every one of us, we have areas of struggle, wrestle in our life where I'm like, this is mine. Like, this is mine. And and here's what I want to challenge us with, that you and I would enter into this journey together. Because for the next several weeks, we're going to, on Sundays, this is what we're going to be doing. 
where we talk about what does it look like that our life is not our own? And like, man, we want to wrestle and like, that's uncomfortable and it's not where I want to be. But here's what I know about God. Is that he woos us and calls us into the very thing that will be most satisfying and most joy-filled for us. So like, man, let's maybe engage with him in this and say, okay, God, like, show me, show me how this works. Show me how this looks. And where we want to resist, let's just say, God, okay, I want to hear, I want to listen to your spirit to teach me. So, so can we do that? Can we do that today? Can we do that in these next several weeks, just to journey together in prayer to say, God, what does it look like for us to be a church that lives out the mantra of, I'm not my own. I'm not my own. Because here's the truth. The gospel looks us square in the eyes today and says, you're not your own. You were purchased. And that has massive implications on everything that you are and everything that you do. So let's pray. And before I pray, I just want to give you a moment to just, wherever your heart is wrestling, I mean, maybe there's like obvious areas where you're like, yeah, it's, it's right here. Like, I don't need to hide it or like, I don't have to think hard about it. Like, this is where I just cling to it and I'm like, this is mine. I just encourage you to confess it. Listen, here's the thing. Confessing doesn't mean, it's not promising God, hey, I'm going to be perfect from here on out. God, I promise to never do this again. Like, let's bring, you know, remember the old high school days? Like, bring your CDs up here and let's burn them. Like, no, come on. But even as we pray, my challenge is us to repent and consider what the perfect life of Christ means for how we view ourselves. So talk to the Lord and then I'll, I'll close up in prayer and then we'll begin to respond. Father, it's an unbelievable thought to consider that we've been bought by you. That when we were taken hostage by sin, by the enemy, you went to the greatest extent to ransom us for your own possession, that we would be a people for your own possession. God, would you journey our hearts to see that that is where life is found. There's no greater joy. There's no greater satisfaction than living as a possessed person of God. That we're possessed by the Holy Spirit. So God, as we journey together, respond to you, and begin this journey of understanding that we're not our own, God, I just pray that you do what you want to do. That we begin to see our lives as open-handed. We begin to see our stuff as open-handed. 
that even this morning we would see our salvation is that we were saved unto you. God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the broken body and shed blood of Christ that we'll celebrate. Thank you for the opportunity to give, to be reminded that I'm not my own. So God, would you lead us? God, I just ask that you'd lead my heart to repent and to be changed this morning. In Christ's name.